0: Through 38. Listen to the word of God. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And when he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They looked like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, Don't go into the village. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he asked them, I am and they replied some say John the Baptist and others say Elijah and still others one of the prophets but what about you he asked who do you say I am Peter answered you are the Christ Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him he then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. He said, You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him. And when he comes in and when he comes in his father's glory with the holy angels. Here is the lesson today. Praise
1: Well I like to give thanks Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. This is the uh, will of the Lord to uh, give thanks in all circumstances. And what I'm thankful for today is making some new friends. My wife and I made some new friends recently, and uh, that was a great experience for us. I'm also thankful uh, for healing. Started a new tradition here at First Pres. They saw Paul handing out handkerchiefs in the book of Acts. And when he handed them out, people were healed. So during communion, I'm going to pray over these Kleenexes and hand them out after the service. And hopefully some of you will see healing because of that. Well, our next two scripture readings are from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Listen for the word of God to you. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep. Um, and before I, I'm sorry. Before I do, I also like to give thanks for the life of Jack Hood. He passed away recently, and uh, just like to give thanks for his life and for his family. Let's continue. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep. Our degree of the archangel with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. And from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works in all of them. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given with the common good. To the one there is given through the Spirit messages of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one, just as he determines. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that when we honor you, you honor us. We pray for the courage today not to be ashamed of your gospel, but to deny ourselves and take up our cross, even in little ways, O Lord. Help us to humble ourselves that we may be exalted. In your glory. Lord, any words that I say that are not of your will, I ask that they fall to the ground and be forgotten. But whatever words that I say that are of your will, I ask that I embed in hearts and bear good fruit unto the kingdom of God. Lord, let us not hinder your word, but feed your sheep. In Jesus' name, Amen. So a gladiator was having a rough time at the arena. He was fighting his opponent, and he got his arms chopped off, so he had to resort to biting. And after biting, he got his legs chopped off, and then he finally had to give up because he was both unarmed and defeated. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. I'm here, I'm here all week in the office if you want to share more puns. So, but, you know, at one point, being a gladiator... It was no laughing matter. It was no laughing matter. These people were playing for keeps. It was a fight to the death. And the crowds loved it because they loved when people played for keeps. And we still love that a lot today. We like like competition. We like having winners. And we like beating people. We like having losers. So, But this was not what Telemachus wanted. Telemachus was a saint who in around 400 AD left his monastery and went to a Roman arena and tried to stop a gladiator fight. He tried to stop these two gladiators from killing each other and as a result, the crowd stoned him to death. But the emperor Honorus, who was a Christian emperor at the time, was so inspired by Telemachus' example that he forbid the gladiator games and brought an end to that barbaric institution. Thus fulfills the words of the book book of uh, Mark, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. Now, Jesus doesn't call all of us they become martyrs in the most literal way possible, but he does ask us to deny ourselves daily. So how do we do that? Well, the good news today is this. When we stop playing for keeps and start playing for the kingdom, we will deny ourselves and follow Jesus. Well, how do we do this? There are three steps. We need to recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. We need to recognize that the Messiah had to die and rise again, and we need to put to death our own Messiah complexes. First, we need to recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. After opening the eyes of the physically blind, Jesus tries to open the eyes of the spiritually blind with his disciples. After seeing this incredible miracle of sight, Jesus tries to give spiritual sight to his disciples by asking them, so who do people say that I am? And some say John the Baptist, which John the Baptist had been killed by Herod at this point, so maybe some people were thinking, oh, this is John the Baptist come back from the dead. Other people said Elijah, and yeah, sure, Jesus did a lot of miracles like Elijah did, so maybe. A prophet, well, Jesus said many prophetic words, so maybe that's true. But finally, Jesus asks his his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, which Christ is another word for Messiah. The Hebrew is Messiah, the Greek is Christ. And it means the anointed one or the anointed king. And immediately... Jesus commands him to be silent because he has a different idea of who the anointed king is rather than his own people. His own people believe that the anointed king would be a lot like King David, a guy who would come and defeat all of Israel's enemies, who would give them no chance at repentance and who would slaughter, basically, Israel's enemies. But Jesus said that instead of that, He was going to be a king who would die and rise again at the hands of his own people and at the hands of the Roman government. And this was a controversial message. Anytime our expectations are not met, we become offended, and offense breeds a lot of unfortunate sorts of behavior. And that's why Jesus didn't want to tell people what he had come to do until the appointed time. And when he told Peter, Peter was obviously offended because he was like, this is not who the Messiah is supposed to be. This is not who you are supposed to be, Jesus. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, for you are not with God, but with man. Because God wanted to break us out of the cycle of us versus them. The Israelites thought it was them versus the Roman Empire. And for centuries we have an us versus them mentality, but God is Lord of all, and He wants to break us out of an us versus them mentality. Well, how do we do that? We have to put well, we have to put to death our Messiah complex. We have to put to death the idea that we, can, on our own accord, can save anyone. Well, how do we do that? Well, first. The scripture says that we need to humble ourselves. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I've always thought of humbling yourself as two things, learning to listen to other people and learning to cast your anxieties upon God in prayer, which has been a real struggle for me recently, and thanks to my wife for helping me in that struggle, to cast my anxieties upon the Lord. Second, we need to learn to trust in hope rather than our own expectations. And we see this in 1 Thessalonians. When Jesus talked about dying and rising from the dead, Peter didn't know what he was talking about. But later Paul showed us what he was talking about. He says this, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep. According to the Lord's will, we tell you that those who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from the heavens with a loud command and with the voices of archangels and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead will rise in Christ first. After that, we who are still alive, who are left to be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, Paul is talking about the physical. Resurrection, But note that he's not talking about the rapture as we um, talk about it in uh, modern circles. Because first the dead will rise and then we will be caught up with the Lord in the air. The general interpretation of the rapture is first we'll be raptured and the dead will rise after the rapture. So what he's actually talking about is something completely different. Well, what's the point of that? Well, the point is to let God fulfill our hope. To let God fulfill our hope. Yes, we want to believe in a final resurrection of the dead, but when we try to mend that to our own expectations, we end up getting it wrong. I believe that hope is a vision that is fulfilled by God, and expectations are visions fulfilled by human effort. You see, resurrection powers as change is possible. Paul says in Romans that that same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. So we have to have high hopes that people can change, that they can be resurrected in their everyday lives. But we have to leave our expectations up to God. We have to give up expectations of what that change will look like because sometimes... We have, we're so firm in our expectation of what the change will look like that we miss the change when it is happening. Hope is a vision fulfilled by God. Expectations are visions that are fulfilled by people. And finally, we need to receive gifts for the common good. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To the one that there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. All of these work for the one and the same spirit, and he distributes them each one just as he determines. Now I'm pretty sure there's not a person in here today who couldn't of us could not use healing. Who of us could use a word of wisdom or of uh, knowledge in our personal lives. But know what Paul says. It is not just for us. It is for the common good. And we need to look out for each other. We need to look out for the common good. And I believe this is a church that looks out for the common good. May it be meals on wheels. May it be protesting in the words of for racial Justice, may it be pro-life advocacy, I know many of you look out for the common good. But we need to believe that this is not just the body of pastor, but it is the body of Christ. That God can work miraculously through any one of you as you pray for each other, and as you minister to each other. We have to believe that those gifts are still available for us today. So humble yourself, hope, believe, receive for the common good. Humble yourself, hope, believe, receive for the common good. This isn't a playbook for playing for keeps, but it is a playbook for playing for the kingdom. So let us play for the kingdom today in the name of the Father and the Son in the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us stand and affirm our faith by um, singing the hymn, Let Us Break Bread Together on Our knee. And Let us break bread.